Whoopsies. <laughs> Whoopsies made a fuck you wucky. <laughs> fuck you wucky. That's funny. Oh my god, I've never heard of that. She's never heard it. <laughs> I am shocked that I haven't said that to you at some point. I think you have I... said it. I, I say it like all of the fucking time. I just don't think she was paying attention last time you said it. Uh oh, I made a fucky wucky and uh oh boingo. <laughs> Stop. Well, I'll leave some of this in because it's funny. Uh, hello, friends. Hello, okay. friends, family, the people that I game with that harass me into getting the podcast information. <laughs> Welcome oh, yeah. to the newest episode of The Weird and Suspicious. My name is Joshua. I'm Kirsten. <laughs> I'm eating a burrito. Hello, eating a burrito. And this is the weird and suspicious, even though I just said that already. We're doing things <laughs> way out of order today, and I am completely sober right now. This is going to go Dude, great. me too. <laughs> okay. I won't be for long. Does burrito have a story for us? Yeah. Cool. There is a house in New York. There is a house in New Orleans. No. And um, sometimes they have houses there. But (laughs) it is called the Ackley House. And it is a Victorian home. And it became America's first legally haunted house. (gasps) Legally? How do you get that? I don't know. It's pretty, um, pretty cool, though. Anyway. The ghosts actually got filed for eviction. This house is located at one Levetta place in Nyack, New York, and is one party in the seminal trial, Stambovsky vs. Ackley. Why are these big words? Uh, referred to as the Ghostbusters ruling. I definitely skipped a really big word in that sentence. Sorry. The fact that a home was ever deemed legally haunted is obviously really weird. And the fact that it's right near Sleepy Hollow in the <gasps> Victorian home. Yay. I wish your face was recorded during that. <laughs> um, anyway, like, Does is it there something. the faces? No, it I have re- to We don't record video. Okay, okay. I was Kyla's just curious. like, it's not possible. We don't record video. But it is. No, we don't do that, but we could. I'm going to start doing real weird shit if you start recording video. Is there something about the region that makes it particularly susceptible to otherworldly visitors? Or is it just a coincidence? And just how haunted does a house have to be for a court to recognize it? Is that the so, court saying that they believe in ghosts? Um, I think it's them saying they believe strange things happen. At if the house. government says ghosts are real, or ghosts real? Are we? Yeah. The are we letting the government decide that, that? Made me want to throw punch you. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. You're so cute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> La Place is an especially coveted 
cul-de-sac in the commuter town of Nyack, built in 1890. Um, it's a three-story Victorian home. At number one is constro what? At number one is constructed of horizontal wood paneling. No clue what that means. You might as well cut it out. So you know wood paneling is normally vertical. <clears throat> uh huh. It's kind of almost like shiplap, but like the wood paneling is probably not even like shiplap is. Is that what it means at number one? I don't know. It might it says, at number one might be like. I have no idea. It says the three-story clapboard Victorian at number one is constructed of horizontal wood paneling. Maybe just the for all the first floor is horizontal wood paneling. Or maybe number one is like the address. So when you walk in, I think on the porch, I see a picture and all of it is horizontal instead of vertical. And I think it's like the first room you walk into. Okay. Almost reminds me of the um, Amityville house. Did you talk about that? That sounds familiar. No, they made a movie out of it and stuff, though. It's a popular one. It's a very famous one, yeah. I don't know, but it's only 25 miles outside of Manhattan. Which is pretty fucking wild. What does that even mean? New York City. 25 miles outside of New York City. Like, it's not that far from the big Civilization. It's just a fun fact. It's only 25 miles outside of civilization, <laughs> as Kirsten says. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> it's set back behind a front... I'm skipping that. It literally says behind a front lawn. <laughs> it has a front yard. <laughs> no shit. It's set back behind a front lawn. It's got a front yard and everything. It even has a mailbox. You wouldn't um, believe it. But it is elevated above a river, which is pretty cool. And there are views of the river from almost every room. Waterfront property. Right. Wow. It features a charming turret. Don't know what the that fuck is. What the fuck is that? Turret is a small, a small lower on top of a larger tower or at the corner of a building or wall typically of a castle a small oh so it's that it has it has like the circle thing like the dome part on that do you know what i'm talking about yeah like if you're looking at the house and you see the dome part that's what that is okay it's a dome part that sticks out of the side of it yeah, I really like those in houses. I want. I've always wanted one. Well, too fucking bad. Well, I guess well, we gotta all uh, move to this house now and live in it and be haunted. Honestly, I wonder if it's cheap. No, it's like one point five million. I'm gonna cry. Can't even live in a one point nine. One point nine million. Yeah. How is our generation supposed to afford homes when the haunted ones are expensive? Yeah, why? That's so obnoxious. I would like to live in a haunted house, honestly. It would probably just make me less of a little bitch. So, a charming Tourette, a picturesque wraparound porch, and a fenced-in pool. Inside, there are eight bedrooms and four and a half bathrooms, but despite the spaciousness, 
the home was designed to feel homey and comforting with nooks and intimate smaller spaces carved out Ooh. of larger rooms throughout. Home we was meant to feel are. homey. What intimate spa spaces? It's you don't know to what a nook is? Nice. No, I do, but just the way that she said it was back so just in your like... mother's womb. Oh yeah. <laughs> Some of That's it. why you like sleeping in the bathtub, you know. Exactly. That's exactly why. Um, did I tell you I fall asleep in the bathtub? Do you? Why yeah, do you sleep so in the bathtub? So dangerous. No, <laughs> not it's no, not all the time. Like when she's taking a bath, she falls asleep. I have done it before. Oh my god, that's how you're really... gonna die, is you're gonna drown in the bathtub. Well, you so know, they, at least I'll go Like, she had scary. her bubbles, she had her salts. Literally, of at least I will go peacefully. All of the things. Some of the details include stained glass windows, hardwood floors, and elaborate moldings. Little is known about the early occupants, though, according to interviews with local residents, it was likely home to a family that is still in the area until it went unoccupied for about a decade in the 1960s. So what went wrong? Fortunately, this house isn't the site of any highly publicized murders or tragedies. Instead, the rumors of ghosts can be traced back to the mid-1970s Reader's Digest article called Our Haunted House on Hudson, written by resident Helen Ackley, giving the home the name, the Ackley House. God damn it, Helen. Wife to George Ackley. You like how I just like put that in there? That wasn't even part of it. I just yeah, I'm just so talented. Dude, and I'm mother so of proud four. No <laughs> adult children. In it she wrote about the family's many ghostly roommates while they lived happily in the home. Really putting Both... your all into this one. Thank you, I know. I'm just honestly I'm the best there is. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. Both parents experienced some hauntings. Most notably, George swears he saw a pair of disembodied, moccasin-clad feet walk by him from the hallway above the staircase. I'm not really sure what moccasin-clad means. It means like, that they're wearing, wearing moccasins. moccasins. Okay, well, I'm so glad they added that word in there. Me too. Uh, <clears throat> he saw them walk by him from the hallway above the staircase. He was standing in while Helen witnessed the man emerge in colonial or revolutionary war attire while he was repainting the entryway. We don't really know why people paint entryways in this attire, but I think it was mostly like a kink of his. So daughter Cynthia, who was in high school at the time, was awakened daily by something shaking her bed until she politely asked the room. Cynthia <laughs> politely asked the room to let her sleep in. What may sound alarming to most was actually welcomed by the Atleys. They felt as if all the spirits were friendly, so they grew to consider them part of the family. That's how you get murdered. But even before they moved in, neighborhood children believed the house was haunted, saying, Lady, you know you just bought a haunted house, right? When Helen first arrived. Of course she did. Helen can't make any real friends, so she has to become friends with people who are undead. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I added that in there. Okay. I <laughs> I stand by it. 
<laughs> you just went like I, right off the cuff with that, and for I'm the like, living? damn, the, I guess for the living. Yeah, I just fuck Helen, I guess. <laughs> they didn't write that in the article. I was just, you know, <laughs> fuck Helen. <laughs> So fast forward to 1989, about 25 years after the Ackleys moved into one Lavetta place, and 15 years after the article was printed, solidifying its haunted reputation, and Helen was ready to downsize. So she decided to list the house with Richard Ellis of Ellis Realty. Apparently we're advertising. The home was oh, listed I mean, at- this entire thing sounds like an advertisement for the house. Yeah, kind of. Um, or at least just, like, written by a realtor. Someone who really wants people to buy the house. The mm. home was listed at just under 800000 and Helen was thrilled when a young couple, Jeffrey and Patricia, were eager to get the contract underway. According to Not both Patricia. Ellis and Cynthia... What the fuck are you saying? Not Patricia. <laughs> Patricia! <laughs> uh, Helen... <laughs> According to both Ellis and Cynthia, Helen did in fact disclose that the house was haunted in a few passing conversations. That is very nice of her. Uh, But also, a few passing conversations. In a few passing conversations, yeah. They didn't like actually actually advertise that. But to let them know that it's haunted in any kind of way, I think it's nice. Because you know what? When my mom was looking for a house, I went with them, and one had the same vibes as the basement in uh, the haunting in Connecticut, and that house freaked me the fuck out, and they didn't say anything happened to it in the house. But, like, what if something didn't happen in the house? Um, why is the basement crazy. so creepy? It wasn't she just, just She's just wilding out. Everyone was scared of the basement. <clears throat> And, and it was like to my parents' house. It was like twenty thousand dollars under, like its value. Oh, so something was weird. Yeah, that's weird. <clears throat> it was a yeah. nice ass fucking house. I had a friend um, <clears throat> in middle school, and her she had like an old farmhouse, and their basement was like they just stored things down there, and I think. I think sometimes it would get like muddy down there and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, like it wasn't a, a basement, basement that you, yeah, that it wasn't one that you like actually would put any furniture or anything in. And we went down there and like part of the ceiling was really low. So you had to duck. But there was a room that was nailed shut. And it's like, I'm not positive. But I think it like said, don't enter or some shit like that. And just, like, something creepy. And her and I were like, fuck yeah, let's, let's go in this shit. So we had to, like, pull out the nails to open the door. With their and there teeth. was... Yeah. Why do you think I have all fake front teeth? <laughs> and there well, was just... just a side effect of growing up in Allegan. That's fair, actually. Um, There was just one chair sitting in there in the corner. That was it. Just the chair in the corner. Oh, just like this creepy fucking room. They're just like, ah. Yeah. It was nailed shut and it just had... There might have been more. 
I don't fully remember everything, but I know that there was, like, just one chair chilling in there. Like, that is weird. And then we nailed the back shot because it was kind of creepy. Okay, so Alice and Cynthia <clears throat> both said that Helen disclosed the haunted nature in a few passing conversations, but it also says that if you ask Ellis, he remembers even her refusing to sign to sign her end of the contract before having a conversation with the new people about it. Okay, that's But good. like I like a conversation though, you're not gonna disclose that. I mean I guess it's nice of you. They don't have to. Yeah, I guess. They're like, give me my money. So yeah. while the Stambovskis claim they found out about the local folklore through a contractor and that they wouldn't have wanted to buy the property had they known. Jeffrey has always asserted that he doesn't believe in ghosts, but he does believe in the market and that other people who do believe in ghosts can impact it. It means that he means doesn't believe in ghosts. They can but drive he's the like... prices down by people being like, that house is haunted. So and he no just wants to buy it. So okay. then you have to take a lower I offer guess. on it. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, or the other way, everyone's like, I want that haunted house. Uh, yeah, I think it depends on, like, honestly, like, how people, people. start talking about it. It really just yeah. depends on how people are reacting to it. Um, because these interactions weren't properly documented, we'll never know for sure what the Stambovskis did or didn't learn about through Helen and Alice. Regardless, Helen was notified that they wanted to pull their offer after she'd received the down payment and filed an action against her for fraud. Dang. Misrepresenting a material condition of the home. I.e. didn't mention the ghost. So, either she lied about mentioning the ghost to them, or they finally decided, like, I don't want anything to do with this. No and, ghost house for me. But, like, you yeah. can't, like... Give back a house because it's haunted. Uh, they did. Is that why it was ruled a haunted house? I'm getting or... there. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so, uh, these people argued that all of Helen's stories devalued the property, but the court initially dismissed the complaint and said that Helen did not have a duty to disclose the haunted house stories to them. Um, it's because the state of New York operated under caveat emptor, which translate to buyer beware in Latin. Um, which means it's the buyers, not the seller's responsibility to do their due diligence and ask every question they may have. Uh, so if you ask, about... then they have to tell you the truth. Yeah. Just like a police officer, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they do that. <laughs> uh, so, in that ruling, the judge explained that there are already enough roadblocks and players in homeownership between the appraiser, contractor, agent, and war. So, adding a clairvoyant to the list is just another complication. Um, unsatisfied. People trying to buy the house appealed the decision, which brought the case to the New York State Supreme Court. 
how it got there that fast honestly doesn't make any sense. Um, but Justice Rubin disagreed with the former dismissal and was joined by two other judges to form the majority opinion that the caveats of buyer beware should be set aside in this context because the defect isn't a physical one. This is to acknowledge that things like a crime or reputation based on past occurrences in a location can devalue the market value of the property and it should be disclosed by the seller. So it's more the reputation of the house, not as much like actual ghosty ghost. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty much. But also, like, they're like, you legally have to disclose Because you're depreciating the value by saying it's haunted. Yeah. And, like, the court wrote specifically, having reported, and then, like, in quotation, the ghost's presence in both a national publication and the local press, defendant is stopped to deny their existence, and as a matter of law, the house is haunted. That makes sense. So, I think, like, honestly, it's the first haunted house just because these people were just trying to, like, I think they were trying to screw them over when they were buying the house. I think that they bought it and realized that maybe it was too much for them. Maybe, like, more work than they wanted or something. And then they're like, how the fuck? Or maybe then they, like, actually couldn't afford it and they thought they could. And they're like, how the fuck do we get out of this? Yeah, that could be it. And then they're like, she did mention something about a haunting. Let's pretend like we didn't know. And everyone else knows it's haunted, so now we can't sell it for what we paid for it because they were dumb. It's a haunted house. So yeah, there's that. Nice. Hell yeah. I kind of think it should be not and like not the haunted part. I think um I think in every um say within the past 20 years i think at least 20 years they should have to say if someone was at least murdered or died in the house they have to disclose if they're murdered not in every state really that's that's what my mom's realtor said it's not every state oh that's weird did your mom's realtor try to sell her a murder house (laughs) No, no, no. My mom's realtor. She tried amazing. to sell it to her, and then her mom was like, no, someone definitely was murdered oh, in this house. And if my like, mom was well, like, I like this house. Technically, I didn't have to disclose it, but I guess since you asked. I guess. My story is very, uh, I'm gonna say the word that Kyla hates, and I'm gonna say topical. Why? Why? Because Did, the Yeah, died. why do you have to Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Didn't you hear? Queen Elizabeth died. Um. Yeah. What does that have to do with your terrible word choice? Um, I'm doing the conspiracy of Princess Diana's death. Oh, okay. Oh my god, we can yeah. finally speak our minds now that the queen is dead. Well, actually, no, because her ex-husband's now um, the king, so probably shouldn't be, but here we are. Okay, so. Her ex-husband's um, now the king? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I I don't like him. Um, That's wild. Isn't he, like, never mind, never mind, never mind. I don't know enough to make 
Please do and, it. Uh, she died on August 31st, 1997. And um, that's the year I was born. It's right after Kylo was born. Um, Diana Spencer, and we all know, I don't know how much you guys know, but the general public knows that she died in a car accident in a tunnel in Paris. Diana's ex-husband, which is the queen's first son, is now the king. So King Charles III. Um, all right. So him and Diana got divorced in 1996, a year before she died, and they both had affairs throughout their marriage, And but it was, like, more speculated that, like, he was having them before she was. Uh, but a lot of these marriages are more business marriages and not so much for love, and um, so in general, there's probably just, like, a lot of cheating in a lot of these marriages. Some of them have, like arrangements as like long as it's not in the public eye and you're super secretive about it and all that stuff and then in 1997 she had a new boyfriend called daddy and he was the son of an egyptian millionaire a businessman well he was muslim so the british establishment was not happy with the relationship and they apparently they were gonna get married and there was rumors that she was pregnant and they're like all right well she used to be a princess like she was married to the prince and now she's like gonna marry a muslim we don't like that and then if they get married or if the rumors are true and she's pregnant these two new princes are gonna have a half brother that's now white and they did not like that they did not like that one bit half and also, like, I don't know if you guys know, but Prince Harry is married to Meghan Markle, and she's mixed. Um, and, like, the part of the reason they that they left the royal family is because of all the racism she was receiving. Charles wanted to remarry when they got a divorce, um, and he did after she died to his now wife, Camilla, who he's known since he was young, and apparently he's always loved her and he's always wanted to marry her. By the way, it's his cousin. Um, but they married. I, they how arranged. is that a by the way? Oh, yeah, by the way. You can't they just are throw cousins. that in there. That's, they all marry each other's cousins. That's why they arranged him to marry Diana so that they could, like, they could bring they in new, still new genes. Do that? So they could bring in new genes so they weren't inbreeding as much. Yes, they still marry their cousins. I thought that that was an older thing. Like, they know we that that's incest. not a good thing. I thought not we England. moved on. Not England. I thought we realized after all of the terrible incest genes that everyone got that we're, Well, that's we're, why they brought in Princess that. Diana. I thought that we were moving on to, like, step incest listen, at this listen. point. Just because us in America are moving on doesn't mean them in England are moving on. Disgusting. <laughs> um, so, that's why they brought, that's why they arranged him and Diana's rela- relationship and marriage. So, once he, they had the kids, he kind of started cheating on her more because it's not really like, and also, um camilla was divorced so she couldn't remarry a man unless the man was also divorced and i don't know exactly how those rules go if it's only for like people that are part of the royal family that you have certain rules on when and who you can be i don't know understand all of that 
They're like, if you're a piece of shit and you had a divorce, you can only marry another piece of shit who's had a divorce. Mm-hmm. Well, a man that's divorced could marry a non-married ever woman. But if you're a woman that's been divorced, you have to marry. If you want to remarry, it has to be a man that's also divorced. Ah, uh, perfect. Balance yeah. as it should be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally. Um, so, the public loved Princess Diana. They loved her. They were her, they were the people's princess. And when they split, the public sided with her, and the royal family didn't like that either. Uh, but everyone, like, she was just like, everyone loved her. Uh, and she... In interviews, she Diana made comments about how her it was a crowded marriage because there was three of them. It was her, Charles, and Charles's cousin Camilla that he ends up marrying later on. Um, and so there's also theory that Prince Harry, the one we love, Harry Potter, is not Charles but James Hewitt. Hewitt, I think that's how you say it. And he, they do look a lot alike. Um, I will send a picture. I had one all ready to show you guys. Um, they do look a lot alike. And Harry's, I guess, the only ginger in the royal family. And I guess with all that incest, I guess you would know if anyone had that gene because it would come through at some point. Um, the royal family refuses to do a paternity test, though, which, like, they're like, it's just not something we do. But also, I don't know, at this point, he grew up being a prince, so why fucking fuck that up now, I guess? Why take it away from him now? Yeah, especially all this drama that's just, let it be. Um... Yeah, but one has curly hair and one doesn't. So? True. She's got a point, Kyla. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) That they're not the same person. They're not. They're not the same person. One's the son. That's how, but that's not his actual dad. That's his speculated dad. Oh, Lord. I thought you you were saying that people thought they were the same person. No, people think that one's his dad instead of the king, Charles. Oh. All right. That's funny. After the divorce, Diana became an activist and was working on campaigns to get rid of landmines and, like, wars and stuff. And establishments all over the world didn't like this, especially America and especially in the UK. Um, And then one of her friends was hanging out with her and the defense dude of England left her or called her and was like, you better fucking knock it off. Stay in your lane before, quote unquote, accidents could happen. And 19 days after her death, she was supposed to go to a convention for this. And the princess going to this this convention would have drawn lots of publicity to it and drawn lots of, like, attention to people being like, let's stop using landmines. Um, But instead, her death overshadowed, overshadowed the media attention away from that. And this is also where, like, I think... Since they are such a big, powerful family and she divorced, I don't know who divorced you, but they got a divorce. They're obviously going to side with the prince by blood. Um, and I think it was kind of just like they all ganged up on her and they all found something wrong with her. So, like, 
maybe that could be one of the reasons why she's dead or maybe that's just one of the reasons why she was dead and they're like you know what she did this and they're like well she did this to me and then someone else was like well she did this to me and then they're like guess we all gotta kill her now Uh, i think that's exactly how the conversation yeah 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 it's not just one thing 100 percent word for word how that conversation went honestly i think so too Oh, also, everyone voted on her after her death on it, and everyone except for Bill Clinton decided that we should stop using landmines. So, because of that, they also think that he was in on her death somehow. Don't know how, but they just think maybe. I mean, it is the president. And then there was a movie, and it's a documentary called The Unlawful Killing, which is about her death that was banned in the UK, and they did not release it in the U.S., so I think crazy. Um, she did leave a note, which I'll read the note. Ooh, this is so interesting. Okay. It says I'm sitting here at my desk today in October, hoping for someone to hug me and encourage me to keep strong and to hold my head high. This particular phase in my life is the most dangerous. My husband is planning on an accident in my car, brake failure and a serious head injury in order to make the debt make the path clearer for him to marry Tiggy. Camila is nothing but a decoy. So Tiggy was the nanny and she thought that him sleeping with Camilla was just like to cover up the fact that he was sleeping with the nanny, but he wasn't. He really just really loved his cousin, I guess. <laughs> okay. um, he only just really loved his cousin. And so you may ask why her death would have to clear the path for them to marry but in there's like certain rules like i said um in the british or english church you could remarry only with some circumstances if your ex if your ex is still alive but he did not fall in any of those circumstances so he could not remarry until she died like, he could never remarry until she was dead. So he's just like, yeah, she needs to die already. Well, and I think that's why, like, that, among, like, the landmines and maybe some other things. Um, but she left this note, but they didn't make it public into, until 2003. Her butler published it, and a lo- her lawyer knew about it. But one of the lords admitted that he broke the law to keep it a secret, so many think that he was pressured by the royal family to hide it. Which makes sense. Very much so. So now we're going to go back to the night that she died. Um, They blamed the driver for being drunk, and he was at a bar, and they had the receipt, but he only had two drinks. And, like, I mean, average male, two drinks, I don't think that's going to put you at the legal limit. Technically, they're, like, depending on who you are and how much your body metabolizes alcohol, for France, the the legal limit is .05 because they're in Paris. Um, the, that's about two drinks puts you at that point. But also, if you're a bigger guy and that's not, and that's only if you do it within an hour. So if you do it le- like over two hours, you're not going to be that drunk. Which, which is four times less than the amount that they claimed that he was. The amount of two drinks would be four times less than. The, oh, than like what they said it was his thing was, content from and they said his blood 
alcohol content was above the legal limit, but I'm like, what was it? 0.06, which also I don't even believe that either. I mean, it could have been, but also, are you going to be that, if when you had two drinks, are you going to be so drunk that you, like, accidentally crash a car and kill everybody in it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's possible, and it happens. But. Yeah, but mm, not likely. So, they, her and Dottie were staying at the hotel, and they went out of the back entrance to avoid paparazzi, and they were going to some apartments or something. There was about 30 photographers outside in the front of the hotel. Diana and Dottie were in the back and the back seat of the car. None of them had seatbelts on, and Paul, I think it was Henry Paul, was the guy driving, and apparently he lost control in the tunnel after being chased by presumably paparazzi on motorcycles and they were driving extremely aggressively around the car so there's four motorcycles and a white fiat that were going into the tunnel which is just like a tunnel of like an underpass from another highway um at the same time they had 14 cameras at the entrance of the tunnel and none of them were working okay that's not sketchy at all yeah not a single one, guys. You yeah. couldn't just also, leave one still working. Um, and this is what Wikipedia's thing says, which is not what every article says of how the accident happened. So, like, that alone to me is weird. It said the car, her car, over Mercedes, struck the Fiat, swerved into the left lane, carriageway, and collided head-on to the 13th pillar that supported the roof of it and there's no guardrails and they were going about 65 miles an hour so they were speeding it was 30 miles i did the math um is what it would be equivalent to over there and then so they hit i don't know but then let me double check my notes so the Fiat left at the other side of the tunnel, and then when the cops came, they were like, well, there was no Fiat, but all the eyewitnesses was like, there was a Fiat, and there was white paint on her car. And so, in other things, it says that the Fiat hit them, and they hit the wall, and then they bounced off that wall into the pillar. So they did hit the wall and then bounce into the pillar. I'm pretty sure that is how it crashed, or how they crashed. But then the eyewitnesses standing outside of the tunnel said they seen a really big, bright light before the crash and i think the motorcycles crashed too but i think they survived how do you crash in a motorcycle and survive but somebody in an actual vehicle doesn't yeah i'm not 100 percent if the motorcycles crash i could be wrong i just feel like they would in that situation yeah um, the only difference i think like was between like crashing a motorcycle and a vehicle is like if you hit something in the vehicle, like, part of the engine can drive through you or something that is inside of the vehicle. True. Also... More like shrapnel. Yeah. That would be, like, the only difference. So, they never found out who was driving the Fiat. So, I... They didn't check the cameras on the other side of the tunnel. They didn't check the cameras down the road. They didn't check the cameras at the cross street. And this was the 90s, but Paris had a lot of street cameras during the 90s. And they didn't make an effort to check any of those to see who was driving this fucking Fiat. To see who caused the goddamn crash. Because they Um, already knew. Yeah. 
they had one suspect that they thought was driving it, and he was a paparazzi, but he was not outside of the hotel. But he knew Secret Service, and he did own a white Fiat, and all of his alibis kept changing. And then in 2000, his body was found burnt in a car with no keys on him or in the car, and two bullet holes in his head and they ruled it as a suicide so like i don't know about um, you but like where'd the keys go he killed holes? himself if he where'd the keys go Did he, he shot like, himself, shoot himself twice then... yeah I'm shot really himself threw the shot, keys out shot himself, himself but... again uh, yeah that's what i'm more worried about yeah and they ruled it a oh, suicide did i tell you guys about the car that um i saw with some dumb bitches in a parking lot when I was, like, <clears throat> working at that first place in California, and it was literally completely burned inside of it. Like, it was parked in a food parking lot, like, a fast food parking lot. But the hmm. whole thing was all burnt up. And there's and people in it? was just in chilling it? in a parking space. No. Okay. They're just completely burned. Yeah. Chilling yeah, in a parking space. I can space. see that. I've seen some like burnt parked cars. nicely. Yeah, and they, someone said the that doors someone were said unlocked. their ex's the one chick car just, on fire. Like, opened the door and was like, hmm. "Yep, this is um, this is mighty very, interesting, very crispy." But I'm also wondering why would you kill yourself and set your car on fire? Like, why do both? Hmm, burn evidence. Well, like if it's suicide, do you need to burn evidence? If you don't want anyone to, like, I don't know. If you're like, I hate everyone and I don't want them to have anything left of me and you're all terrible. Maybe. Um, a lot of people think that he was assassinated, though. Which, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, this scenario, obviously, there's two bullets. <laughs> he didn't shoot himself twice. Once he shot yeah. himself once, he wasn't shooting again. So they crashed at 12.23 a.m. and the police and ambulance came within 10 to 15 minutes. And then it took 70, not 70, 37 minutes for them to remove her from the car and into the ambulance. And she was still conscious and alert and then in the back of the car. And I'm not sure how long it normally takes you to move like one someone from a car to an ambulance. I don't know all that. but And then it took them 44 minutes for the ambulance to even leave the scene after she was in it. Usually it takes like five minutes. And then another 20 to 30 minutes to get to the hospital. And they said that they truly believe that she would have survived if they would have got to the hospital before that. And so some people speculate that she didn't have her seatbelt on because she always sat in the same spot. And, like, that's like the queen always sits at the same spot in the car. They all have their own spot in their cars. And they think maybe someone tampered with her seatbelt. And that's why she didn't have it on. But also, like, none of them had their seatbelt on. So maybe they just weren't wearing fucking seatbelts. Imagine. And honestly, they kind of deserve it for that. They probably weren't wearing seatbelts, honestly. And the Mercedes... Mercedes themselves reached out and offered to help inspect the car to know fully what happened and like because they made the car so like they probably know best and they were denied by the royal family and one theory is that maybe it was an accident and the royal family was like fuck she just crashed maybe if we just like prolong it a little bit she'll just die <laughs> oh I'm sure that like 
there was plenty of people that were prolonging that for whatever reasons because there's no reason yeah. for all of that to take that long. At the very least. There was an inquest ruling her death that it was the cars and motorcycles and the driver and not wearing seatbelt was the cause of her death. And it, but then there has been secret. So, like, there was like one of the government people in the 90s and they're like, we haven't killed anyone in 50 years. And then the Secret Service was like, no, 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 we've definitely killed some people. And then this guy wrote a book about secrets from the Secret Service that they told him anonymously. And one guy said that they told him that the person that he had to kill, they had to, he had to kill him in a tunnel by blinding the driver with a bright fucking light. Yeah, and sense. so did they just blind the driver and make like the driver think that they did it? Well, they crashed and everyone's seeing the bright flash at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So, like, no one knows what it was because, like, there wasn't that many people in the tunnel. No, oh, yeah, all you have to do is shine a bright light on someone. Yeah. Did someone could have literally been just holding a mirror and been like, oh, it's pretty sunny outside today. And then one of the Secret Service's wives, when they were, like, splitting up, she was like, well, he killed Princess Diana or whatever. Which, like, they're like, you're just a scorned woman, blah, blah, blah. But, like, what if he really did and they just, like, chalked it up to her being upset? You're just a scorned woman. Yeah. yeah so I um, truly believe they killed her. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. The fact that he couldn't get remarried until she was That's dead. Not even a question. And then she wrote the letter that he was going to kill her by a car accident. Yeah, it's not But even also, a like... The the only thing that's up for chance is whether or not they planned the car accident or if they just like were like, ooh, this is convenient and yeah. just were like, we're gonna let her die. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they planned it. Maybe. I think someone tipped the paparazzi off and they planted them there and then made them chase her and make it look like that they it was literally just an accident. Like, they were gardening, they dug holes in the ground, like planted them. Yep. Yep, yep. yep there in the garden in the garden um so i stole your uh area kirsten and got a few stories on the black eyed kids Ooh, yay um and this is similar to uh what i've been doing and so they're like first person anecdotes or first person stories just of people's encounters with the black eyed kids and I started listening to the first one, and I don't think you read any of these, but please stop me if you did. Okay. I may not remember, so. Also, if you, you probably don't remember, will t- You'll probably no say remembers. it better than I did, because, like, I can't read very well. I'm kind of illiterate. Um, so this first one, they said it almost felt like a dream. I woke up to my dog, Lucy, barking. She was upright on the bed where my husband and I were sleeping, and our 22-month-old daughter was just staring at our door, like um, something was like rummaging around outside. So I thought she was just freaking out over a house noise. Um, they'd only had her for about three months, so she was still a puppy. And they're like, it could have been anything, like our roommate, a creek from the house settling, something like moving outside in the breeze. And so they weren't worried initially. 
So I decided the best bet would be to open the door and show her nothing was there. Um, they're like, it sounds a bit silly, but it's what we do with our daughter when she's scared. When she's scared, and so they're like, "Hey, eh, maybe it'll work for the dog." Um, as soon as I opened the door, she just stood there snarling. Um, it was like an angry, violent growl. It's the one that I'd never heard her make before. And so I groggily looked at her and then opened the baby gate, blocking the doorway, planning to open the door and show her everything was okay. So the second my hand reached for the deadbolt, Lucy went wild. She started barking and jumped towards me, and when I touched the metal, she suddenly changed her temper. She whimpered, almost like she was afraid and backing down. So as as, uh, her mannerisms changed, so did mine. I wasn't calm anymore. My heart was racing and sinking at the same time. I had been flooded with a mixture of fear and dread. I looked uh, through the peephole, and outside there were two kids. One was a little bit shorter than me, so and didn't look much younger. Says I'm 21, and she looked to be about 16 or 17. Um, her face was a light shade of honey, or her hair. Her hair was a light shade of honey blonde, and she her wore face it was long. Honey. Her face was honey, literally made it of honey. It was literally dripping. <laughs> the bees surrounded her vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> she had uh, blonde hair yes sorry she wore jeans um, and uh, thin looking pullover style hoodie so she ha- uh, held the hand of a small girl who looked to be about three or four in the same like style of clothes so the smaller one looked at the floor shyly but had the same hair tied back in a ponytail Says she held a stuffed toy under her free arm, and it was identical to the one my daughter has, as was their style of dress. So had it not been for the overwhelming feeling of dread and fear, I probably would have asked uh, these children to come in and get them out of the cold, but something about them seemed off. At this point, I hadn't made any noise. I hadn't shushed the dog or grumbled. Nothing. I hadn't turned on any lights. These kids had no indicator I was at the door. But the older one started speaking. She tilted her head downwards and I couldn't see her eyes. She just said, we have to use your phone. So I stood frozen in fear. How did she know I was there? She raised her head to me directly. And that's when I saw her eyes. There was a reason I couldn't see them through her bangs before. They were black or midnight blue. Or a dark, dark purple. They were otherworldly. And she said, our mother is worried. This little, like, ghost girl. So someone who's always been interested in creepy stories, I knew what uh, she was the second she looked at me through the door. So I'd never been one to believe in those things. Um, I had written off many a ghost story from friends and family members eager to say their stories and didn't believe it, but she still couldn't rationalize her way out of it. Um, so I didn't answer her. Slowly and silently, I backed away from the door. Lucy was still cowering at my ankles, and the girl just kept talking. Just let us in to use your phone. Um... And as I was backing away, her tone changed. At first, she seemed polite, 
But when I started backing up, she became commanding, almost hostile, saying, we're not going to hurt you. If we wanted to do that, we would have broken in. I'll ask again, may we come in and use your phone? Says Lucy snarled at the door and I just kept going backwards. It wasn't, and she was just like, I need to like get back to my room and like not go to the door. Says I got to the room, covered up the window, locked the door and sat in the dim of the nightlight. So I heard her call back to me. I heard her call me back to the door once more and then quiet. I didn't go to back to sleep that night and I haven't really slept right since. Says, I know from reading about them, the black-eyed kids can't just come in without permission. Um, I know I, they haven't hurt anyone, but I'll still be the ex- I still fear I'll be the exception. When I told my husband, he said it was just a dream. He keeps telling me to forget it, but this lingering feeling of sadness and this dread when the house is silent at night tells me otherwise. Wait, black-eyed kids have never hurt anyone? They don't know because, like, it's not the people that have let them in there's not that many stories because like they're probably dead Hmm. yeah they sound like vampires let me they kind of do honestly it is similar and they have like the pale they're like what is it when the ocean meets or the what is it The, the sea meets the sand Beach. (laughs) That was great. Alright, continue. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, this is another story. It says, this one really freaked me out. Yesterday, I noticed my neighbor hadn't put out all of his Halloween decorations, lights, etc., uh, the past two years that I've lived next to them, he's gone all out for Halloween. I don't know him well. He's younger um, and single, but I know that he likes kids and then in parentheses. Not in a creepy way. <laughs> he's um, not the old man from Family Guy. Thank you for the no, no. Just for clarification. It says his brother and sister-in-law and their kids are always visiting with him and he plays with his three young nieces and nephews out in the yard. So anyway, I got home from work and was walking up my driveway and I saw him outside and said something like, hey man, you better get your Halloween stuff up or that house down up the street is going to beat you this year. And then he said he kind of smiled sheepishly and said he's actually going to keep his house dark this year and just put candy out. I asked if he was going out of town, but he said no. Something happened last year that really scared him. Now, I was concerned for my own safety if some weirdos were coming around the neighborhood. So I asked him just, like, what happened? Said the last year, he had his brother's family over so they could trick-or-treat in the neighborhood. Um, since they live in an apartment complex that doesn't really do much for Halloween. So he had a bunch of kids come to the door like always. Um, his family took off around 10.30 and there were only a few older trick-or-treaters out. But by 11.30, they were pretty much done. So he was inside watching TV and the doorbell rings. He grabs the candy bowl and heads over, noticing it's a little past midnight and that's pretty rude for trick-or-treaters to still be out. But then he notices... He hasn't uh, turned all of his direct uh, all of his decorations off yet. 
So he's like, ah, like, my house definitely still looks open. Yeah, so, so it's kind of my fault. fault. Yeah. He swings the door open and is about to yell boo or something to freak them out, but stops dead when he sees the kids at the door. Said one was probably around 13 or 14, and the other one was about 16, 17. Both boys. They weren't dressed up, but he remembers the older one was wearing a flannel checkered shirt. Immediately, he was overcome with uneasiness, like opening the door was a big mistake. They just stared at him, and he noticed that they had really big irises and dilated pupils. He couldn't even see the whites of their eyes, so he figured they were, uh, like, those contact lenses. And he was just frozen there, holding out the candy bowl. Like, he couldn't slam the door in in their face as much as he wanted to. So he nervously tried to smile at them, hoping they would, like, break character and ask for candy or do, like, something that's not just creepily standing there. The younger one said that they had gotten lost and need to come in and use his phone. That was when he closed the door more than halfway on them and said, no, sorry. And the older one said something like, can we just wait in your house until our parents come and get us? But by then he was convinced that his life was in danger and these kids must be like high on something or trying to rob him or something weird. And so he just kept saying, no, sorry, good night, as he entered the door closed and locked it. He told me he was so fucking scared at that point that they were going to break in through one of his windows or something. But he looked through the peephole and they had just turned to leave. He watched the TV with the volume really low so he could hear any sounds at all. And he stayed up until like 5 a.m. because he was too scared to go to bed. He's like just saying like that nothing else happened that night. Sorry. And then I thought, like, hey, this whole thing kind of sounds familiar because, like, this is, like, that urban legend thing and, like, it's around Halloween, so he's just, like, so I'm just looking at him, like, man, that's really crazy. Sounds like the Black Eyed Kids. And he just looks at me blankly and is, like, the what? Is that a movie or something? And he said, and I said no, but told him to go look it up online. (laughs) I won't (laughs) tell you. Go back home and Google it. No, he said no to it being a movie. Not like, oh, what's that? It's like, nah, go look it up. You're fucking dumb. He said like an hour later, I got a knock on the door and it was my neighbor and his eyes were freaking huge. He swears to me up and down that he's never heard of the Black Eyed Kids before and it's so, so similar to what happened to him. So we talked for a while longer and I told him that quite a few people know about that Urban Legends. And it was possible that it was just teenagers with the black sclera contacts trying to freak people out. But he said that the fear that he felt when he opened the door was so primal and like came over him the second that he opened the door that like something was wrong with him. I don't, I feel like when there's like something really off like that, I I think people can usually kind of sense it. But it's like uncanny almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like and usually just, a lot of I times that's they definitely a thing. A lot of times they ask for like, can we use your telegraph? It's like, bitch, we have cell phones now. What do you mean? Yeah, that's really funny, honestly. I need a Morse code somebody. <laughs> can I use yeah. your uh, messenger pigeon real quick? <laughs> you got an owl. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Ooh. Thank you for listening, every human. 
Um, you can follow our Instagram at the Weird and Suspicious. Email us at the Weird and Suspicious at gmail.com. Our Facebook is the Weird and Suspicious. Our Twitter is the Weird and Sus. Um, I can post. I'll post pictures of the house Kyla did, and then how ridiculous Prince Harry and this random dude Harry look Potter. like. Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Thank you for listening. Have a good night.